Touchdown! Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And man, five straight wins overall. That's 12 straight wins against the Denver Broncos. Um, Look, the Chiefs got the job done coming out of the bye, 22 to nine on Sunday Night Football. Uh, Wasn't a thing of beauty, uh, but didn't have to be on this occasion because Denver's offense is just not very good. So uh, overall, I mean, Look, they're, they're tied. I mean, they're tied for first on record with, you know, they've got the best record in the AFC, at least pending the outcome of the Monday night game against the Patriots. You know, there's four teams at eight and four there. Are, are you satisfied with this one though, Nick? It's, it's what I expected it to end up being. <clears throat> I expected the chiefs to come out and show that the first 15 was quality. Like I, I, I did not think that the chiefs were going to come out and then just attack the Broncos the way that they that they did the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. And that's because of a guy named Vic Fangio. Like, he built that defense specifically to stop the Chiefs. I mean, and it's his style to begin with. So that secondary was always going to cause them a lot of headaches. The pass rush caused them more headaches than I would have personally liked. Um, so that disrupted a lot. And then, like I've talked about before, I mean, the Chiefs just don't have dynamic running backs to take advantage of that stuff early to kind of get them up 14 nothing or getting get them up 21, nothing before the defense starts adjusting and the chiefs don't don't outside of Kelsey and Hill. They just don't have a lot of reliable receivers. And at times the Broncos were taken away, you know, the, in between the, uh, in between the numbers, they were taking that away. Whenever the chiefs got had early success with that and they adjust and the Broncos adjusted, there was times they were rotating the safety down Broncos ran their run blitzes early on. That's how the chiefs did some of their RPOs to kind of hold them for those tight windows. And, that's why Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator that he is. So, I mean, I, I get fans frustration with this, but you also got to remember, I mean, the chiefs haven't exactly blown out the Broncos at home the past couple of years. You know, they beat them last year, 22 to 16 at home the year before they beat them 23 to three at home. And if, if they had played drew lock, he probably would have thrown a couple more interceptions and that game would have been, you know, close, you know, potentially close too. And then, you know, and then the year before, in 2018 with Mahomes, the Chiefs won that one 20, you know, 30 to 23. So it, you know, there, there's just been a pattern where the Broncos play the Chiefs close at home. So, and if you remember when the Chiefs were on the road last year in Denver, yeah, that score looked dominant, but Sorensen had a pick six and that Byron Pringle had a kick return for a touchdown. So, and the offense didn't do phenomenally well, you know? So, I mean, when you look at all that combined, I mean, that's just what a Vic Fangio team does. And with, uh, with Tom McMahon as the special teams coordinator, they're always poor. The, he just has this poor special team. So the Chiefs were going to be able to take full advantage of that stuff. Yeah, and a couple of those games you mentioned, the, the one last year in Denver and the one two years ago in Kansas City were, were played in the snow. So maybe not completely unexpected that the offense you know, had a little bit of trouble getting untracked. But um, certainly this year it's been a pattern. But I, I want to focus on the defense, man, because – that defense, and look, you can make the same argument again. Like, it's Teddy Bridgewater. This isn't a great offense for Denver, right? I get it. But at some point, when you look at the fact that in the last 11 quarters of football, going back to the second half shutout they had against the Tennessee Titans, this team hasn't allowed more than 10 points in any half during the last five and a half games. 
Um, you know, uh, and, and, and look, I mean, there are some games where Chris Jones is dominant and, and we've seen games during this five game win streak where, you know, it was the D line and Chris Jones who, who got after the quarterback and really dominated. We've seen some games where, uh, you know, thinking back to like that Tennessee game in the second half, Nick Bolton, you know, w- was just a man possessed. He was everywhere taking care of Derrick Henry. And, and obviously they were also down, you know, what, 27, nothing or whatever. So Tennessee didn't have a lot of incentive to keep, you know, uh, pushing the envelope too much there. But um, what stood out to you about this defensive performance? Because there weren't a lot of sacks, but I did think that the defensive line did a good job of, of creating some pressure. Uh, and I thought that this was one of Steve Spagnuolo's better games um, for the most part in terms of when he brought pressure against Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, and, and the way and the way that he kind of was able to um, hide Mike Hughes on the field a little bit, um, you know, so that they didn't the, the absence of Rashad Fenton didn't prove too damaging. I mean, the Chiefs defensive line had some they had some good initial pressures and some good initial blitzes. And the Chiefs, like I talked about before, were able to get them in third and six or longer a handful of times. They converted a couple, whether it was on third or fourth down. But for the most part, for the Chiefs, the the biggest parts were the fact that Ingram and uh, Jones and then also Clark, they were at times they were trying to do contain. Yeah. with it versus really trying to rush him. But then there was other times because of the way the Broncos were running the ball, the Chiefs defensive line just got tired and they don't have any guys that they can rotate in to be able to take some of that pressure off of, off of, you know, Jones and Clark and, and Ingram and Naughty. So they just don't have a reliable collective rotation behind them to be able to keep that, keep those guys fresh, especially if the team's running well against them. So for for the Chiefs, unfortunately, um, they got tired there in the second quarter, and then they got tired in the third, and then they got gashed for 100 yards in the run. Some of that was whenever the Chiefs were just, hey, you want to take it? Go ahead and take it in the fourth yeah. quarter. This game's out of reach. So, yeah, I mean, look, Teddy Bridgewater is – he is worse than what Alex Smith was earlier in his career in terms of – risky throws and doing things of that nature. He doesn't like to do that. He doesn't like to go outside the numbers if he doesn't have to. He doesn't like to he doesn't like to make the risky throws when if it's not completely there, he does not want to turn the ball over. And that's why he's been starting. That's why the Broncos are willing to struggle with him and with that offense being the way it is. And that's why the receivers they have don't mix well with Bridgewater. If the Broncos had a different quarterback out there like a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers or somebody of that caliber, that game's drastically different. So for for the Chiefs and what they're what they were doing, it worked against Bridgewater. But the Broncos, the Broncos have a good football team. The key for them though is getting a different quarterback. They get that, they're gonna be a really big threat for the Chiefs if Fangio stays in that head coaching role after this year. Yeah. And look, I mean, Javante Williams had a nice game, 23 carries, 102 yards, you know, but like you said, um, he, you know, he, he didn't have any runs over 14 yards. Um, and some of that yardage came late. I mean, he only averaged 4.4 yards per game, which is respectable, but, um, it's a far cry from what teams were doing earlier this season. Uh, you know, and, and look, you saw some of the, the missed tackles rear their head again, especially, uh, early. I mean, I, I, I can think of, 
an ankle tackle that Williams stepped out of when Legereus need having the backfield. Another time that Anthony Hitchens whiffed on one right before the the one Thornhill interception. Uh, wasn't wasn't a flawless game by any stretch of the imagination, but look, you only give up nine points in an NFL game. You got to call that a win for the defense, right? I mean, you got to be happy with that performance by the defense. And um, I thought that, you know, I mean, other than the turnovers, the big key was, uh, I thought that that drive in the second quarter that, that ate up most of the second quarter when Denver went 20 yards and converted a couple fourth downs. But then on that key fourth and two from the Kansas City eight, you know, Willie Gay and Melvin Ingram uh, made the stop and got off the field. I thought that was a big play right there. Cause I, I really, the way they were playing, I thought the chiefs and Broncos were destined to go into halftime tight at 10. Um, and instead, um, you know, the chiefs ended up, you know, being able to hold on to that lead. And I thought that made a big difference. And look, look, I, I think Andy Reid realizes he can lean on this defense right now. I mean, I, I don't think he felt like Denver was much of a threat to get to the end zone. I think that's why he didn't didn't try to do anything with with the final one minute nine second in the second quarter. I think that's why after the uh, um, you know one of the turnovers um, or a, a, sorry after the uh, the muff punt um, he settled for the field goal instead of going for it because at that point yeah I mean it's still a two score game when you take it from thirteen three to sixteen to three but the Broncos now have to find the end zone twice. And I don't think that Andy Reed felt like there was any chance that they were going to be able to do that with the way that defense was playing. It's a strange situation to be in though. Um, you know, when, when it's the defense is really what's carried this team during this win streak outside of the Vegas game. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how things shake out. I, I would have liked to have seen, a little bit better pass rush than what the chiefs had tonight, but I stated why they didn't. And look, we got to mention it. Congrats to Daniel Sorensen and Ben Neiman had themselves <laughs> a really good snap. Well, I'll be curious to see my mentions on that one. So they have themselves a really good snap. I think fans can be happy with that help ice that game. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think most of the fans that have been in your mention asking why they're still playing um, probably, I, I'm not sure they're going to do a complete heel turn and say that Sorensen and Neiman should be getting more snaps, but, but look, it was good to see, you know, Ben Neiman, uh, you know, I mean, didn't get there on the, on the blitz, but he was able to get his hand in the passing lane and tip it. And Daniel Sorensen, you know, takes it 75 yards and you got to feel good. Look, Daniel Sorensen's a guy who's made some big plays. Uh, the fourth down stop on the fake punt uh, in the Titans game, which turned that game. Um, you know, when, when the chiefs and chargers played in Mexico city back in 2019, I think it was, he had the interception to seal it late in that one. I mean, there's, there's a laundry list of big plays. Daniel Sorensen has made. He's also given up his share of big plays, uh, especially this year. Um, it, you know, during those first five games, but he's a guy who comes through. So, so yeah, I mean, that, let me ask you though, which was a bigger play in your mind, that one or the Byron Pringle muff punt? Because I think um, it was the muff punt. Yeah, no, I mean, the Pringle thing is significantly bigger because it gave them the momentum back that they needed. Would have loved to have seen a touchdown there, but didn't work out that way. So, No, and that's, that's part of the ongoing struggles with this offense, right? I mean, I think three of the last four games, they've scored a touchdown um, on the opening drive now. <clears throat> um, and then the offense has basically disappeared um, for the most part from there. I mean, they got, 
the first 15, man, they're always lethal. Right. I mean, they, yeah, they've done pretty well. I mean, they, I, I think it might've been the, it might've been the Vegas game where they actually didn't, which is odd considering how that game turned out. Um, you know, but they've, they've done a great job with those scripted plays. What, what is the deal though? I mean, cause it seems like if they can sit down and figure out what plays work against the defense, it seems like they ought to be able to keep that up past those first 15 plays, Nick. So what changes after that first drive? Um, is it just a comfort level a confidence knowing that they've, they, you know, they've practiced those plays that they have that game plan. And now they're a little bit more off script. Is it as simple as, um, you know, I mean, look this today, there were a bunch of drops. There were, you know, obviously penalties showed up again. Trey Smith had a couple holding penalties um, and, and different things like that. I mean, there, you know, we saw another tipped pass. Although I will say that I think that Patrick Mahomes threw that one a little high and hard. Uh, you'd still like to see Tyreek Hill come down with it, but um, that's one that I think is 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 equally on Patrick. It, it was, you know, and he talked about the fact that he needs to place that ball a little bit better, but. Uh, I, look, I thought I thought the Chiefs got a little bit lucky. I, I absolutely could have seen Carl Jeffers overturn the 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 challenge on the pat, on the Travis Kelsey fumble, um, you know, because he caught it and he put the ball away with one hand. I, if they had overturned it, I wouldn't have been shocked. Like they're still living on the razor's edge a little bit there on offense. First off, I want to know why would you be willing to disgrace this podcast by mentioning Carl's name? <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, he, I, I still. Patrick Mahomes and I are still awaiting an explanation for the, for the false start penalty that was for him breathing, for him breathing. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, it was five yard penalty for existing. How, how Carl's still a referee is beyond me. Like you just go search his name on YouTube. You'll find up this 2010 thing. When, when he flubbed that, up, he flubbed up the, this thing. It was, it was a train wreck, which just symbolizes his career as a referee. Um, look, and I mean, he was, he was a part of the Eric Fisher, you know, bogus hold and two point conversion against the Steelers. We, fe- we feature that on the pregame show. I wonder who inspired making sure that that got in the pregame show. <laughs> uh, um, but like, I mean, look, there was that. And I mean, Kelsey made the footlocker comment about him after that game. And, mm, and boy, did Carl take that chance as soon as Kelsey had something happen. Like they, they took that chance immediately and they, uh, they threw that flag out there and, and came up with a bogus pass interference call. Like two people collided, man. You, th- you think either one of those guys wanted to collide, you know, like that? Stop. Like it was incidental contact. Get out of here, dude. But I mean, that guy somehow got to referee a Super Bowl last year between the Chiefs and Bucks and didn't really protect Mahomes whenever he got beaten like a human pinata a handful of times. But Carl's going to Carl. That's just what we say. So Carl's moved up to enemy number one for me in officiating. <laughs> he has overtaken Craig Wallstad. So I mean, Carl, like, I just hope we don't ever see you in a Chiefs game again because I know you're going to blunder it. And I was actually really impressed that that the game, we went up on air about 1027. Um, so despite the penalties that Carl and them threw, you know, I thought that game was going to go to 1050 if they were going to try to be the rock stars of the, of the penalties, but they weren't. Um, but to get back to your question with the Chiefs, offense, See, dude, that's what happens. You need to bring Carl up in my life. Okay. <laughs> we go on rants. Hey, listen, uh, there were there were only 12 accepted penalties in this one. That I mean, two words accepted. 
Right. I mean, look, he's called 11 or 12 on one team before his crew has. So he's so. leading the league in penalties at 168 before this game. We'll see where he's at after uh, Monday. But no, I mean, look, the Chiefs offense, the, the biggest problem overall is just they, they lack focus at times. Like, I mean, yes, the scripted plays, they work out, they know where they need to be, they have confidence in them, and everything's fine. But then when they get in the next drive, they need this play to be executed this way or this play to be executed that way before the defense starts adjusting. And then once the defense adjusts, if there's something Mahomes is looking for, it may not be there. And then when he throws the check down, the running back's not dynamic enough to be able to turn that into something special. Clyde Edwards, Hilarious screen that could have been something special tonight. Joe Tooney's just not athletic enough to get out of the way. And Clyde's not fast enough to be able to change direction or or cut in some regard that could have potentially turned that into a red zone play. If not, you know, maybe even a touchdown, who knows, depending on what I see in the coaches film Tuesday or Wednesday, but it's just the def- the Broncos defense adjusted. Like I said, they took away what was a, they, they took away what the chiefs were trying to attack in the middle of the field. Cause the chiefs were using clear out routes to get people in the flats. They were using crossers. They were using the RPO to open up windows, to hold the linebackers, to throw some of those slants and some of those crossers. And that's what they were doing early on. And those things worked. And then guess what? They took them away. And then they started rotating the safety uh, when they'd show the two shell and then they'd rotate the safety down. And then they would, like I said, they would do run blitzes. So they did all that stuff. And you knew Vic Fangio was going to do that. And the thing is Vic Fangio adjusts quicker than most defensive coordinators do. So the Chiefs offense probably could have got another touchdown or two if they were playing an average defensive coordinator in mind, but they weren't tonight. They were playing one of the better ones in the league. So because of that, the Chiefs offense, I, 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 I knew was going to struggle. And I was just curious to see how that run game would do during portions of it. And the run game kind of had a subpar night, and then they had penalties. You know, you have holding calls. You got you – got, um calls for breathing you know <laughs> so all those you know it just it, it really disrupted drives and some of those drops disrupt disrupted drives too so part of it is focus issues part of it is execution issues and i mean look at the end of the day i mean we're gonna you know people are gonna keep asking more and more the longer this offense struggles what's going on with play calling why is play calling not taking advantage of what they have. How come it's so different this year and looks so disoriented from other years? Yeah, well, and and look, I, I don't think Andy's calling all the plays all the time, right? Like I, I mean, don't either. I'm gonna blow you, you, I don't think he is either. You watch the games and there are times where Andy's got his his play sheet up in front of his face, is you know, uh, you know. Uh, covering it, you know, covering everything but his eyes, which you know, and then there are other times where he's standing there listening on the headset, which suggests to me somebody else is maybe making the calls. Um, now, who that is, I, I, you know, I don't necessarily know. Obviously, I'm not on the headset. Um, you know, there are a lot of guys that are participating in that conversation, but it's good you're not because I'm pretty sure it's illegal, <laughs> right? Right, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not out it's there. It's NFL property, Todd. Stay away <laughs> trying to search it up, um, or, or jam it like you know, the Patriots might. Ooh. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, look, obviously, Eric Bienemy, maybe, maybe even Mike Kafka, somebody like that. There, there are some other voices in there, yeah, and, and it's not clear to me, and I don't know that Andy would ever honestly tell you. Uh, or at least tell the media in a press conference, like um, what, you know, what the mix of the play calling is and, and what's going on there. Um, you know, 
Um, look, and look, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has been sharp a lot of, you know, I mean, whether, whether it's the receivers not being where they're supposed to an option routes or whether it's Mahomes just not being, um, as precise with his passes as, as he's been in years past. Again, I, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know what route and where the receiver is supposed to be on certain plays. I don't know how they practice it. I don't know what Mahomes is expecting. I don't know what the guys are seeing and what they're supposed to do based on what they see. But I do know that it's not clicking. Um, and that's frustrating. And, and look, I do think some of it goes back to, like you said, the lack of a dyna- dynamic option in the run game. Because if you look at like the stats on pro football focus or not uh, pro football reference, sorry, not pro football focus, but pro football reference, like they have some advanced stats that look at broken tackles. The Chiefs are one of the top five teams in the league probably in large part due to Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey, right? In broken tackles in the passing game, they rank dead last 32nd in the NFL with only seven broken tackles or, or, you know, in, in, in the run game. Um, So that, I mean, that's a problem too, you know, I mean, and and you see it with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, you know, you see it with Daryl Williams. I mean, look, their best play with the running back is, for Patrick Mahomes to scramble from the pocket and Daryl Williams to freelance down the field and make a big play. Like that's the most production they get out of the running backs right now. It's hard to script that. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, the, the running back room's not doing them any favors right now when they need it to. So that's, that's just going to be, it's going to be a, a situation that will have to be addressed in the off season. But I, I mean, it's unfortunate to see the offense, kind of not be able to, and you're not asking them to score every single driver, score it. Well, just do enough to put yourself in a good spot to where you can, you can hang three touchdowns up and let the defense at least have a little breathing room and some, you know, some margin for error to a certain extent. So I don't know. We'll see how things shake out. Cause I know that offense needs to be on par by the time they play the chargers and in, in two, you know, in less than two weeks. Cause that that's, that's going to be a pretty, pretty interesting game because the chargers they did against the Bengals on sunday they did exactly what they did the chiefs they were over aggressive they attacked them early they were up 24 to 6 i believe uh i was still busy putting the 5 p.m show together so i got to see bits and pieces 24 nothing at one point when i looked up i know it was 24 6 because the Bengals scored a touchdown i'm like oh okay at least that and then the Bengals came back with a vengeance got within you know seven or something striking distance wise then the chargers turned it back on and that's the same thing that happened against the chiefs at certain times during that game so that's what the chiefs often the chiefs offense needs to have goal wise is how do you beat the chargers because that game is going to be really really big for the chiefs to be able to win the afc west they really need to have that game you know in hand for them Yeah. I mean, well, and it, we said that before the, the buy, right? Like that, that's the AFC West and and that, and that how critical this stretch, I think the Raiders, um, as you would expect with a team that's been through all the different things they've been through this year, losing a coach, uh, you know, player getting arrested and kicked off the team after, you know, what the Henry rug situation and and, uh, just everything that's gone down in Vegas on top of the fact that the Raiders are, are just the Raiders to begin with. I'm not too worried about them coming to town. I know it's their Super Bowl again, um, you know, because they're not going to the playoffs. Um, I'll, you know, certainly not if they lose lose next Sunday. But yeah, that Chargers game is going to determine the division. And 
you know, I mean, if the chiefs can win that one, I think they're, they're sitting pretty. And then at that point they can turn their attention to finishing the, you know, things up strong against Pittsburgh, Cincinnati and Denver, and maybe getting that number one overall seed. Um, if this is the way the season, if this is just who the chiefs is chiefs are a good defense, um, special teams that have special moments and then also, you know, miss extra points or, you know, maybe occasionally have too many penalties and, you know, and an offense that does just that, that gets you off to a good start and does just enough the rest of the way. Are you fine with that? I mean, do you think they can win a super bowl with that formula or do you, do you need to see things start to click to feel like this is a, they have a chance to go back to the super bowl and maybe win a second one in three years. I think the offense really needs to find their way and, and be able to click to a certain extent. They don't have to click an entire game, but they need to click to a certain extent against the Chargers, the Steelers, and the Bengals for me to feel comfortable with where the Chiefs go come playoff time. Um, I think the Patriots are going to cause them problems in the playoffs if they get to play them. Depending what Ravens team shows up, who knows? Uh, we'll see how the Chiefs match up against the Bengals. We'll see how the Chiefs match up against the Chargers. And then the Titans is going to be a physical game too because they may have everybody back by then. But, I mean, look, the Chiefs defense, is they've done anything, anything you could have asked of them. If the defense had been able to play like that against, you know, against the Ravens and Chargers, you know, you have a little breathing room for a loss here or there, but right. Oh, um, yeah. You know, or the bills, unfortunately that didn't happen. So they're kind of their backs against the wall. If they're trying to get a number one seed or just trying to get a home playoff game when they have West. So, you know, it offense needs to play better tackle tackle spots need to need to play significantly better. And, um, you hope the you hope the running backs they can figure something out with the running backs and then you're hoping the receivers can kind of step up in some spots when their names aren't Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But we keep saying this stuff every week, so I mean, at some point you just are who you are, and that that may be who the Chiefs are, where they got to lean on their defense and and try to muster their way to a scoring drive or two after the first fifteen. Well, and look. I mean, it may sound like we're broken records, but Andy Reid is too. I mean, he, you know, he keeps saying like, we got to clean up the drops. We got to clean up the penalties. Patrick Mahomes keeps saying we got to execute better. Yeah. And this has been the refrain week after week after week. So, um, you know, who, who knows if it ever comes around, um, you have any hope Lucas Niang is going to come back. I mean, maybe you don't need him for the Raiders game, but you'd sure like to have him back for that chargers game. Wouldn't you? Yeah, Chargers game, you'd like to have him back or we'd like to see Kyle Long be able to step into that spot. So we'll see what ends up happening. But no, they Wiley's done what he can and tried to be as serviceable as he could, but they need an upgrade at right tackle to give Mahomes a little bit more time and confidence. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, and obviously the Chiefs have to stay healthy overall. I mean, that that's, you know, that's going to be a big key down. You know, they, they've got to get guys like Fenton back guys like Niang back, um, you know, get, get guys like long worked back in and, uh, and you can't lose any key guys at this point in the season or, or it becomes, uh, uh, you know, a struggle, but Hey, it's Raiders week now on to the next, right, Nick? Yeah, no, I'm ready to go at this point. So is that a black shirt you're wearing? 
Never mind. We'll get to that. We'll get to no, that. No, it's a gray, it's a gray shirt. It's a gray <laughs> shirt that says KSHB 41. So don't start any drama in my mentions for me, Todd. I don't know. It looks silver and black from here. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. It's bad life. Um, all right. Anything else you want to add? No, you've already uh, ruined the podcast for me at this point. So <laughs> might as well just, just pack up this circus tent and end it for the night, Todd. Okay. Well, in that case, take care, kids.